You're listening to MedEx, the Medical Extrusion Podcast. Presented by U.S. Extruders. Extrude with confidence. Custom extrusion equipment designed for you and your application. Hey, everybody. This is Steve Maxson, and welcome to the MedEx Podcast. Today, we're talking about applying hydrophilic lubricious coatings to the inner lumens of catheter tubing. And our guest is Dr. Bob Hergenrother, Vice President of Research, Development, and Innovation at BioCoat. BioCoat specializes in the development, manufacture, and application of hydrophilic coatings for medical devices. Bob, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Steve. Great to be here. Before we get started, uh, please give our listeners an overview of your background. Sure. So I've been in the uh, coatings business, medical device visits for about 30 years. I started out my career at a neurovascular company making uh, silvery catheters. And 30 years later, I'm still doing that. Um, and for the last five years, been here at, at, at BioCoat, uh, heading up their, uh, both their internal research and their application development. But uh, a PhD in, in chemical engineering and in biomedical polymers and have been working on polymers and coatings uh, the whole time. So we have some very interesting topics to cover related to coating the inner lumens only of catheter tubing. But before we do that, please give our listeners a high-level overview of hydrophilic coatings, why they're needed for medical devices such as guide wires, delivery systems, balloons, and introducers. Sure. I mean, you know, the hydrophilic coatings are, a, in my view, a, a critical component of the medical device design. I mean, the whole part of this is to ease access to the device. Um, all these very clever devices that are really revolutionizing treatments do absolutely nothing if you can't get to the, the site to treat it. So they improve that access. Um, and in fact, I would say enhance the device functionality. There's areas now, especially in the brain, that are going further and further distal into the head, primarily because of these coatings allowing these catheters from being pressed from the you know, femoral artery or for your radial access all the way in there, 150 centimeters uh, further away, get up there uh, into that site and, and treat these uh, uh, diseases a lot faster. During this, these coatings actually can help minimize vessel trauma, um, which can result in, if the, if the vessels get traumatized, they irritate, uh, like neurovascular devices, uh, vessels, they can spasm and close off, which obviously would cause a problem. And for the doctors and the patients, um, shorten the procedure time. So you have the benefit of less time on the, on the table, freeing up the OR, as well as that all these are done under radiation. And so the radiation exposure for both the patient and the, um, and, and the operating room crew are, are um, you know, enhanced. And all of this, the performance depends on, I look at it as sort of three aspects of the performance. There's obviously the lubricity, but then that durability of that coating, as well as it's going over time. And then a third piece, which is um, from a, a regulatory point of view, a particulate generation, which you want to minimize that particulate generation coming from these coatings. So the hydrophilic coatings are typically applied to the outer surface of a catheter or delivery system for the reasons you described and, and mm -hmm. tracking through the torturous anatomy. Recently, BioCoat developed the technology to coat the inner lumen only of silicone tubing. Mm -hmm. Silicone is used in a wide variety of medical applications because it's very flexible, biocompatible. 
but it's very difficult to apply coatings to silicone substrates because silicone right. has such a, a low surface energy and it's chemically resistant. Walk us through this unique development that BioCode has developed to coat the inner lumens only of catheter tubing without the need to pre-treat the surface of the silicone. And as you said, the, the, it is very challenging to coat silicone tubing uh, since it is very hydrophobic, not much reacts to it. Um, and so what we have with our uh, thermally cured coating system is a first layer, which we use to essentially prime the surface. And by, we found by adding an additional component into that uh, base layer, it reacts very nicely to that silicone tubing, as well as other tubings, uh, to get a very good adhesion. And we found this on the outside, but then also for the inside of the, of the tubing. We apply that, cure that to that uh, silicone tubing, and then what we can do is come back with our hydrophilic top coat and apply that on, on top of that base coat, cure it to that surface, and you get a very nice, uh, good uh, adhesive layer and very slippery layer once you have that, that uh, hydrophilic top coat on there. This um, leverages our, our ID coating capabilities where you, um, you know, not only uh, apply the film on the inside of that, that uh, tubing, but then you also have to dry that there. And so we've, we've dealt some of the fixturing to, to handle sort of drying and curing that coating. And it uses our thermal cure system. So you don't need a line of sight coating from say a, a UV type system. Most catheters and, and delivery systems for vascular interventions include a, a low friction lubricious inner liner, such as PTFE or HDPE. And we're all familiar with some of the uh, supply chain constraints related to PTFE right now. Does the technology that you, you mentioned that you could uh, coat not only silicone, but other materials. So that sounds like you could transfer that material, that Tech coating technology to thermoplastic materials that are commonly used in delivery systems, such as PBAX, nylon 12, and polyurethane. Absolutely. Uh, we can coat all of those, um, and we've coated a lot of PBAXs and, uh, as you said, thermoplastic polyurethanes, even some of these very soft uh, polyurethanes and, and other materials, as you said, nylons. Um, this, what we've seen this can happen is it allows us to coat a broad variety of substrates and really opens up possibilities for the catheter design engineers for their device design. Um, so not only from, as I said, the supply availability, which I know was mentioned on one of your previous podcasts, but also just Teflon by itself has certain properties um, and has certain thickness. By removing that, you can actually maybe make your inner limit a little bit larger for the same OD. Uh, make the distal end a lot more flexible than a, than a, a, a Teflon line catheter could be. So it opens up a lot of, uh, I think, possibilities for, for the catheter uh, companies and that we're able to coat um, a, a pretty much all of your common plastics that are being used in catheter design and development. Okay, that, that's very interesting. Uh, catheter designers are always trying to uh, increase the inner lumen. <laughs> Uh, for acts, more access and space for devices and, and fluid transfer, for instance. Let's talk about the difference in uncoated versus coated substrates. For instance, the difference in the coefficient of friction for a 72D PBAX uncoated 
versus a uh, 72D PBAX that is coated. And I mean, of course, this is one of the reasons why uh, designers are using Teflon liners for these catheters because it is quite lubricious and reduces the friction on that inside as you're sliding whatever the guide wire or other catheter through there. For uh, if you had a PBAX 72D durometer or some of these other um, you know, PBAXs, polyurethane materials, their frictions are considerably higher than those. So um, it depends on the test and how you're, you're doing this. But uh, for instance, in one test we did where we have sort of an S-shaped curve where we're running a, um, you know, a tubing through there, we were getting with an uncoated PBAX about 270 grams of force. And it, it was really tough to kind of push that through there. By, in comparison, Teflon line device of that same diameter would be down at around that uh, 25 gram level. So like a 90% reduction uh, from there. And what we're finding is with our coated tubing of the same PBAX, we're bringing it down to about that level of Teflon or even in some cases a little below there. So 99 to 95% reduction in the friction from that uncoated material. And so getting it very comparable to the performance and level you're getting for Teflon. And in fact, I would say probably maybe a little bit better. So, so does the coating work well for for low and high durometer polymers? For instance, to a super soft uh, 42A new soft material polyurethane that would be used on a catheter tip, uh, and uh, a stiff polyolefin like a HDPE that would be used for an introducer. Yes, there's some, um, absolutely, we've done for both. Um, there's some processing uh, adjustments we need to do for either one, but we found we can, we can cope both. Um, and as I say, on some of these catheters where there's these variable stiffness, so on the distal end, it's very soft, and on the uh, proximal end, a lot stiffer, you don't want to have to change out the coating solutions uh, in between there. So we've been able to do both and, and optimize uh, for, for all those. And, and hit it, as I said, a wide variety of substances and, and, and these really these like these 42A, which is an incredibly soft material. Uh, we've been able to coat that. And without that, it is, it is very tacky and very sticky. Uh, and we've been able to get that and have the, you know, I would say, very good durability on that too. Earlier, when you gave us kind of a high level overview of hydrophilic coatings, you talked about durability in particulate. What yes. can you tell us, again, in a comparison mm -hmm. of the durability and particulate of the coating compared to a PTFE inner liner? Well, that's a you know, really interesting question that we've, as developing this, had really been wondering about because uh, there's so much focus on particulate generation from coatings. What's interesting is there's not been as much particulate uh, data coming from PTFE itself. Um, and when we compared these two, uh, again, through that same inner uh, lumen coating, um, we found actually very comparable levels of particulates coming from the Teflon line catheter as well as this hydrophilic coating line catheter, both by the absolute numbers and by the different bin sizes that, that um, FDA recommends of so that greater, you know, 10 to 25 micron size, the 25 to 50 micron size, and then the greater than 50 micron size. In all three cases, we were getting very comparable numbers to PTFE. What wasn't really appreciated is there was a, a paper that was published by uh, some researchers at uh, Mayo Clinic where they were looking at aspirated clots and looked at pulling those clots out, sectioning them under histology, and they identified that the 
number one foreign material found in there was actually PTFE, not mm -hmm. hydrophilic coating. Uh, it was like a three to one ratio between the PTFE and the hydrophilic coating. So we're feeling very, very uh, confident and good about the fact that our numbers are are lower than the PTFE, which um, you know is, is what has been actually seen some, in some cases uh, clinically. Does the substrate tubing, whether it's silicone or a thermoplastic, does it need to be clear for ultraviolet light to pass through for cross-linking? It doesn't. Uh, we've, we've, uh, we like using clear tubing for development because we can stand on the inside and see that it is very uniform. But for the device designers, they may have some coil or braid in there or other colorants. It is not needed because this is a heat-cured system. And so by instead of having to try and, and run a fiber optic down there of the UV light uh, or try and shine it through that, that wall, which may absorb most of that, that light, this is just using the, the heat cured of about 60 degrees C um, to cure that coating out there. And so it can be independent of the visibility of that tube. Bob, earlier you, you talked about an aspiration catheter example. And so let's stick with the, the aspiration example um, you know, an aspiration catheter used to remove or capture emboli, blood clots, particles. Is there a benefit for an aspiration lumen to be coated uh, to increase the efficiency of aspiration or to reduce the likelihood that the clot would stay in the catheter or the clot would break up? What we're finding with our partners is the answer is it appears so, but it's still gathering data. But some uh, some of this anecdotal evidence is that um, you know here's the coating; it's reducing the friction. So not only are you able to by eliminating the PTFE wider and making that lumen wider, so that you get sort of greater uh, pressure or suction force uh, pulling these these uh, clots back. But by reducing the friction on the inside, you can ingest the clot further into the catheter. And so you have a greater uh, first pass effectiveness um, of, of going in, pulling out that clot, and then making sure it's not just wedged at the tip of the device, but maybe inside the device, so that as you're pulling it back, there's less chance of emboli. All this is, is some of our partners have been saying they've been finding in, in uh, small amounts. They still have to do a lot more testing for this, but the early uh, data is very promising in that uh, along the lines of what you're indicating. I understand. Excellent. Well, Bob, this has been a, a fascinating conversation and congratulations on the work that you, you were doing at BioCoat to coat the interlumens only of catheter tubing. This could potentially be a game-changing technology and we're looking forward to seeing how it progresses. Thanks, Steve. We're really excited and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy to, to join your podcast today. Uh, thank you so much. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to MedEx, the medical extrusion podcast presented by U.S. Extruders. Please subscribe to make sure you're getting the latest episodes. For video episodes, go to us-extruders.com forward slash podcasts. All links are available in the show notes.